We are going to be in Exodus and Numbers. We're going, to be, we're going to be in several different places in the Bible today. And the reason that I am doing what I'm doing today is the Holy Spirit leading. I try, I've been trying to get through the book of Colossians. Colossians. Now, I, I, I don't know if anybody picked up on it, but I don't know if it was last Sunday, but I, I said something about uh, you can the first and second chapter. I meant to say Colossians, but when I listened to it, I said Corinthians. So listening to the podcast, I pick up on my mistakes. My wife tells me I'm perfect. <laughs> but I caught myself with some mistakes, so I got proof that I'm not perfect. Now, I don't know if she's ever said I was perfect unless you wanted something really bad. But anyway, what's that? Perfect nose. Well, that's nice to know. <laughs> and on Wednesdays, we've been going through Deuteronomy. And here recently, I'm seeing how it all is coming together, and it's been really neat. I mean, just neat as it can be. And it's re- making me remember things that I've talked about in the past, and I said a long time ago, I don't know how long it's been now, but I said something about uh, I was going to do a sermon on Meribah. And I don't know if you remember that, or even if you knew what that was. But Meribah is a name that Moses, Moses had given to a place. Now, I'm going to start reading in Exodus chapter 17. And... In Deuteronomy that we're doing on Wednesdays, the first part of Deuteronomy is history. And Moses is telling the people of Israel about their history and and wanting them to remember it. And we, today, we need to remember things that have happened in the past. We are told uh, in Deuteronomy to forget not and to remember but we got to go past that. We can't just be stuck in history because we need to do things today. And what we do today, our day-to-day living as Christians, will make a difference in our future, and not only our future, but we need to be, as Christians, even more concerned about the future of others than our own future. We sacrifice, we give up things so that others will have a better future. We must know our history. We must understand the things that we've done wrong in the past, whether it be on a personal level or a family level or even a national level. We know history. We remember it. We study it so that we won't do the same things over again, the bad things, and then we can do the things that were good and maybe even improve on them. We don't have to reinvent the wheel, so to speak, we can move on from that, and, and we do. But it is very important that we remember it and don't make the same mistakes. And the Bible is full of history and is full of instructions on how we live our Christian uh, everyday walk, our life. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing. The Word of God is awesome. Now, Exodus 17 is a significant part of our Bibles 
And I'm going to read, And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. So you have a leader of the people who is wise because when the, the people he, he is leading, the nation of Israel, they're, as you read all of this, if you go back and you read this, you're going to see one thing after the other that they complain about and they want to turn to their leader and complain to him and he's thinking that they're about ready to stone me. Notice that they're always wanting to go back to where, what they were set free from. When we live our Christian life, we have come out of the world, and now we're living a spiritual life, and there will be difficulties. There will be trials and tribulations that we go through. But what do we do? How do we respond to those things? Do we turn back to Egypt and say at least we had food there and water there? We didn't have any freedom. We were in bondage, but at least we had some security. Are we that tight? Are we wanting to go back to the old ways? Or do we want to trust God and understand that the trials and tribulations that we go through is a time of testing? And there will be a time of quarreling, fighting, spiritual fights. We fight against powers and principalities in the heavenlies. Do the hard times that you go through, do they help build your character? Or do you fall back into old ways? Are you becoming more mature in your Christian walk? Or are you going to whine and complain and be childish? We have an opportunity when we come up against those things. Verse 5 of 17 of Exodus. And, oh, notice that Moses has turned to the Lord for guidance. You know, I, I'm, I, can get, I can get discouraged as a pastor teaching the Bible and, and people maybe not responding to it or changing. You, you, you have a person shows up and you know that they are, they're in bondage to the world and you preach a wonderful gospel message and here's the answer to all your problems. And they say, thank you so much. That was so wonderful and I know I need to change my ways and I'll definitely be back next week. Well, that was three months ago and they've never came back. 
It can be disheartening to, to study and put together a message and give the Word of God, and then people just don't respond to it. But Moses knew to go to God for answers. He went to the Lord and said, these people are about ready to stone me, what do I do? And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people and take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massah, testing, and Meribah, quarreling, because of the chiding of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? I mean, what a terrible question to ask. They have seen the Lord deliver them through so much. But yet now, because they become, they've come up against a trial and a, and a testing, that they, they're asking, is the Lord among us or not? You know, we, we may feel like the Lord has left us in those really bad times. But he's, has, He has not left us at all. But there's a reason that we go through things. Now, with, with what we just read out of Exodus, that, that's a story that most of us would know, uh, being, uh, being in the wilderness, thirsting, and, and Moses hitting the rock with the rod, and the water gushing forth. Now, that is a picture of something. It's, it's, a, it's a great story in the Bible that actually happened, but it's also a type and picture of something else. Now, I'm over in the Gospel of John, and I'm in uh, chapter 7, and I'm going to read 37 through 39. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this, he, this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. Notice that word, receive. Believe. You see believe, I just read about believing. You hear, then you believe, but please don't miss the receiving part. So many people hear and go, there's others who hear and maybe even believe, and then they go. But how many actually receive the free gift? Think about that. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus is that rock that was smitten. And until Jesus 
is hung on the cross and smitten, then the Holy Spirit can't come to us. The, the water gushing out of the rock is a type and picture of the Holy Spirit being, being gushing out of what Jesus did on the cross, everything He did set up for, for Him to be raised up and to go sit at, sit at the right hand of the Father so the Holy Spirit can come down and be there for us. And it is a mighty gushing flow that's available for whosoever, not a select few, but whosoever wants to drink of this living water can do so. Now I'm going to read out of, uh, should be Numbers. I wrote Exodus on my little note thing here, so I'm trying to confuse myself. But in Numbers chapter 20, This is something that happens years down the road. And because of what we're studying in Deuteronomy on Wednesdays, uh, this is something that I will go into maybe more detail on Wednesday night coming up. And this is the reason that... Now, the reason that the, the first generation of the children of Israel couldn't go into the Promised Land is because uh, of all the spies that went in. Ten came back with a bad report. The reason Moses isn't going into the promised land is because of this right here that I'm about to read to you. There was people in the newer generation, the second generation, that would go into the promised land that died before they went in because they went down because of that trick that Balaam uh, gave them of going down and participating in Baal Peor, which... If you want to know what is Baal Peor, you have to listen to the Wednesday night uh, podcast or the CD from last Wednesday. All kinds of things that the children of Israel got themselves into. All right, Numbers 20, starting with verse 1. Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of, of sin in the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh and Miriam or Miriam, sorry, my dear wife corrects me when I say that wrong. Miriam uh, died there and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with, their chiding again, with Moses, and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? And why have ye brought up, brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have ye made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us in, in unto this evil place? It is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and, and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye, notice it says, Speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water 
So this rock is uh, his water. What, what's the difference between uh, of this time and last time? Now, last time in Exodus, what was that? The rod, he was to take the rod both times, but the first time he was instructed to hit the rock so that water would gush forth. This time he's to take the rod as well, but that rod represented the power of God. Moses used that rod to separate the Red Sea. And for them to go in through the Red Sea, he did, it just showed the power of God. In the battle, I believe it's against the Amalekites, he, he was to raise that rod up and they would have victory. But when it fell down, they would start losing. And he had his, I think it was Aaron and Hur that stood on either side and picked his arms up and held that rod up in the air. So that rod signified something. Now he's to take it, but this time he's, he is instructed to speak. Speak to the rock. And if you do so, it will give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation their, and their beasts to uh, drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord, and He was sanctified in them. So what's the difference? It doesn't seem like it was all that bad of a deal. I mean, He did what He did before. He hit the rock like He did before, and it worked before. That rock is Jesus. It's a type and picture of Jesus Christ. He is to be once smitten. He's not going back to the cross again. The blood of bulls and goats was used for year after year after year to get rid of the sins of the people for a year, and then they did it all over again year after year. It was a constant thing for everybody. So over in Hebrews chapter 9, I'm going to read a little more than what my note tells me to do. This is starting with verse 19 of chapter 9 of Hebrews. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you, Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens 
should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Better. You'll see that throughout Hebrews. Better. Jesus Christ is better than those animal sacrifices. Much better. 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. When you show up in glory, you will be without sin because of what he did for you. So not only did Moses not do what he was asked to do and speak to the rock. Christ was smitten once, and that story of that rock being hit with the rod is the story of Jesus dying once and his Holy Spirit coming out. And we that are thirsty and dying in our old ways, we come to that rock of our salvation and we drink of the living waters. If we get ourselves back in trouble again, and then come back, and we want to go back to that rock, he's not going to die again and shed his blood again. That was done once. And to smite the rock the second time would be putting him through that sacrifice again. When Hebrews says that it was done once. So now, instead of smiting Jesus on the cross... We know that he's done that once and for all. And now you, you go to him and you just ask him in prayer to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You ask him to save you. You see the difference? And it is a horrible thing that Moses did. He brought... It would be terrible for me to say that, listen to what I'm saying, listen to the preaching, and get saved, and it's all because of what I did. That would be horrible. But that's what Moses and Aaron was doing. They were, they were saying, we are going to give you this water you need. But it was a miracle of God that gave them the water that they needed. And if you listen to the preaching, uh, if you listen to your mother who has been trying to get you to come to the Lord forever, and you finally listen to her word, uh, it could be some little kid that touches your heart. It could come from who knows where, but it's the Holy Spirit of God that's doing it. And I, I can't take any credit whatsoever if somebody was to come running up here and say, I want to get saved. You know, it's, it's not what I did, it's what God did. God gets the glory for that. So the situation of this first story I told you in Exodus 17, we have a bunch of thirsty people. Well, those thirsty people were in a place and it was a wilderness or a desert that did not have the water that they needed. It didn't have the shelter that they needed. It was a place of vulnerability to those people. 
We too are very vulnerable when we are not in God's presence, when we are walking through a wilderness. And if you're an unsaved person, that's exactly what you're doing. You're thirsting to death. We have a need. Those people had a need. They had a need of water. They were going to, you die from thirst. And we also have a need. Now, the worldly man, the carnal man, is always looking for pleasure, power, popularity, and treasure. But that's not what he really needs. What he needs is salvation. We also have Moses. He is an interceding leader. And Moses was wise in taking this problem to the Lord. And that God knows what our needs are. He already knows what your needs are. And He knows how to supply those needs. And He's the one who has revealed the way of salvation. Now that way of salvation is the satisfying rock. You're, when you, if you're very, very thirsty and you are desperately needing water, when you finally get it, it is very satisfying. We should be people who are looking for a Savior, and when we finally get Him, we should be very satisfied in that. The satisfying rock. In 1 Corinthians 4, uh, I mean 10, verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 says, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. Now, it talk, it, right before that, it talks about eating the spiritual food, and then it talks about all did drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. It's talking about the very story that we just read out of Exodus. Way over in 1 Corinthians, it says, that, it, it says this is what that represented. What that represented was what I'm telling you now in 1 Corinthians, this is the Apostle Paul saying that they drank a, from a spiritual uh, rock. And that rock actually followed them. And that rock was Christ. That's what 1 Corinthians tells us. Now that Christ being the rock for us, that, that helps us with salvation. That's the only way for salvation. It's the only way to get true strength to get through all the trials and tribulations that we come up against. It's how we get stability. I got a list of all these S's. Salvation, strength, stability. Fourth one, security. Fifth one is shelter. And the last one is satisfaction. I've, I've been saying that. Now, you can get all of those things is wrapped up in Psalm 31, the first five verses. Listen to what Psalm 31 says. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock. For an house, that's where you get your shelter, for a house of defense to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me, for thou art my strength 
Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Isn't that good? That's Psalm 31, the first five verses of Psalm 31. Now with the rock being smitten, that was, a, a, that was the source. of what, They needed water, and that rock was the source. That, that's where it was going to come from. God provided that source. Not until Christ was smitten was the Holy Spirit poured out and salvation made possible. I want you to remember John 11.50. Remember John 11.50. Now that's this little uh, story. This is right after Lazarus had died. He'd been dead, he'd been dead for four days. Jesus shows up. People thought he was late, but he was right on time. And he has raised Lazarus back to life. And he had four days. Martha said, he stinketh. I mean, he had gone through some, yeah, corruption, decomposition. And Jesus said, no problem. And he raised him up. After that, people were really starting to believe on Jesus and it was going to mess things up for the religious elite. And the high priest at that time was Caiaphas. And Caiaphas said, It is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. He meant that for evil. Remember way back in Genesis when Joseph said to his brothers, You meant it for evil, but God used it for good? Caiaphas was actually not being very godly but yet God used him to speak godly things. And he was actually, without really knowing it, he was prophesying exactly what needed to happen. That rock needed to be smitten. Jesus indeed needed to go to a cross and die. And they actually started to plan that very event right after he said that. He meant it for evil, but God used it for good. Now from that source, there was a flow and that flow was very full. It was enough for all the people then and enough for all the world now. Whosoever. It's also free to all. No price asked. In Isaiah 55 verse 1, Isaiah 55, verse 1, got some really good note-takers here, says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat, yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. You know, think about all the things that you will spend money on that you will go out of your way to find out ways to make money so you can go to the Christian bookstore and buy some books. Uh, all the, there's all these things that you will, you will pay for, entertainment, uh, food. You, you, people will pay crazy amounts for food. Just, just go down and just look at the lines at Chick-fil-A. And... What Jesus is offering here, 
that full flow of water, do you, you may have, do, do you not want to buy it? Do you not have that same desire to go and spend whatever for that? And you come willing, knowing that that's the answer, and he says, nope, no money. If you try to buy it, you're not going to get it. Think about that. It's free, and we go the other way and go after things we don't really need and spend money on it. That flow of water, that flow of the Holy Spirit is available. It's within reach of all of us. It's not something we can't get a hold of. We put things in the way so we can't reach it. It's our fault. And it's a living water. It's a living, smitten rock that died but rose up, and He's a living God. We have the living Word in, uh, get ready to write, Psalm 46, verse 4. Psalm 46, abbreviate, P-S-A period, 46, verse 4 says, this is, this is cool, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. You know, there's a lot of talk throughout the Bible about rivers, about streams, the brook, the seas. I mean, there's water. Now, uh, so that verse right there, it's an example. It's, this, this is a great river of God's grace that brings salvation to all who hear, believe, and receive. Now, the Apostle John, when he was on the Isle of Patmos, had a vision of the river and its divine source. Ready? Revelation 22.1 says, this is John, this is the vision he's getting, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Now, this living stream still flows on. And everywhere it goes, it brings untold blessings into the lives of those who stoop. If you can humble yourself and stoop down to that living water and drink it. You've heard about it. You've heard all about it. Do you believe it? But will you stoop down and drink and receive it? Remember Jesus talking to the woman at the well in John 4, 14. Just go ahead and read all of John chapter 4 while you're at it. But part of that says, in 14 he says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give... Now he had just told her, if you drink of that water that's down in that well, you're going to thirst again. And he told her before that, he said, if he asked her for a drink, right? And she couldn't understand why he was even talking to her. 
because she was a Samaritan. And he ended up telling her, if you knew who it was that was asking you for a drink, you would ask him for a drink. And if you drink that water that I give, that he gives, then you will never thirst again. So, 14, starting over again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Pretty good, huh? Are you thirsty? That pure, crystal clear water is flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And it is available to each and every one of us. Will we humble ourselves and stoop down and drink and receive that water and everlasting life? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you for your perfectly clear, crystal clear, holy water that is flowing. Father, we do not want to put Jesus back on the cross again. Father, He was the perfect sacrifice without spot or blemish. Father, He was the Lamb of God. And Father, His blood was shed. He was smitten for us so that we could hear the wonderful gospel story, that we can believe on the wonderful salvation of Jesus Christ. And Father, that we can receive it as a free gift from you. Father, we are thankful for it. I pray that all that hear this message will call out to you, that they will speak to the rock of their salvation, pray and to ask for you to come in. Father, I pray that each and every person would stoop down in prayer and receive the water. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.